session and we want to bless God for what the Lord has done. I want you to share the link to invite somebody right now wherever you are. Share the link wherever you are and invite somebody. It's time for Anna. It's time for us to go deeper into the things of God. Hallelujah. Are we in church? Are we in church? Are we in church? Powerful. Powerful. I want to see you. Let me see you. Let me see your activeness. Let me see your activeness. Let me see your activeness. If you are there, shout powerful, powerful, powerful. So it's another session in the presence of the Lord. Uh, we started the journey of Anna from Monday. And by the grace of God, uh, we are continuing. Hallelujah. Yeah, we started. We've done a lot of um, teachings. We've done a lot of expositions on Anna. And um we have learned a lot. Hallelujah. We have learned about honoring God 
um, honoring Christ, honoring the gospel, honoring the believer. Hallelujah. And the man of God has exposed us a lot on the on the work of honor, the attitude of honor, and that which concerns everything that concerns honor. Hallelujah. Yes. The man of God is in the house. Can we celebrate the man of God? Can we celebrate the man of God? Oh, can we celebrate the man of God? Can you celebrate the man of God? Can you celebrate the man of God? Let's celebrate the man servant who is in the house. Celebrate the man of God. Yeah, so God bless you so much, everyone, for being around. It's another season to learn and hallelujah. Somebody's out. Ask somebody, are you ready? Ask somebody, are you ready? Ask somebody, are you ready? Oh, ask another person, are you ready? So without much ado, I want us to invite the man of God. Um, let's, let's welcome the man of God. Let's welcome the man of God. Let's welcome the man of God. Can you clap unto Jesus? Clap, 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 clap. Oh, come on, clap. Another level. Another level. Another level. God bless you so much, Dick and Joshua. You are welcome. Let's you can take over. All right. Thank you, sir. Good evening. Um, how are you doing in the Lord? I believe that you are doing great and you are work strong. Personally, I'm also doing well. And I thank God for what He is doing with you and what He is going to do with this meeting. Shall we take a word of prayer? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this evening. Another wonderful opportunity that by your Spirit you would instruct us and cause us to walk in your light and in your path. We bless you, Spirit of God, for great utterance which you give us tonight. Thank you for the ministry of the Spirit, even while your word is taught. Thank you that you grant us answers even through the preaching of this word. We bless your name and we celebrate your influence tonight, O Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, have we prayed. Amen. Amen. Alright. I believe that you can hear me and... I'm happy that you do. And quickly, we'll continue from where we stopped the last time. Um, I think two days ago, we started looking at the practice of honor. And we said a lot of things. Um, first and foremost, we said that honor can be defined as um, treating something. Okay? As it is supposed to be treated treating it as it is supposed to be treated and but we narrowed it down and said that because we are believers we have believed in the gospel the gospel is the message the good news of god himself so the gospel you know puts us into an association with god therefore 
God would define things, perspectives for us. And so the Christian honor would be seeing a person, seeing a thing as God sees it. Remember that. Good. And mean that、um, the gospel has already created associations. Maybe I may not have said it that way, but I, you know, I implied it. The gospel, in and of itself, has created an association. An association between ourselves and God, who becomes our Father. An association, with, an association between myself and my fellow believer. We are brothers. And an association between the gospel and the preacher of the gospel. In fact, there is no preacher of the gospel without the gospel itself. And so that honor trickles down. And just as we honor God, is the same way we honor the preacher of the gospel, the same way we honor、um, the believer of the gospel. Please, can you hear me? Yeah. And so that is very important. Today we are going to continue. So it's just going to be a continuation of what we have said so far. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20. I'm sure somebody already opened today before I quoted. It's fine. <laughs> One day I would surprise you. Matthew 18, sorry, Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Oh, sorry. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And so I always prefer to start any Bible discussion from here because、um, I believe, and I think I'm right to believe so, that.、Huh? The foundation, the premise upon which any New Testament doctrine can be taught is this account. Okay, not only here, of course, Luke 24 also has it. And as a matter of fact, John 20 also has it. And so, Jesus, upon his resurrection, had a time with his apostles where he taught them. Luke The writer of the book of Acts records that that teaching spanned a period of 40 days. And Matthew in chapter 28, verse 18 to 20, sums the whole of the 40s up for us and says, Jesus spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. One thing we shouldn't lose sight of is that. Jesus taught strongly from the Old Testament, Genesis to Malachi. And so, Matthew 28 18 to 20 is actually the summary of、um, Jesus' teaching of Genesis to Malachi, so to speak. And when Jesus says that all authority has been given to me in heaven on, and on earth, I believe that Jesus at this point might have explained the heaven and earth from Genesis to Malachi. Okay, follow me closely. The first person to record a heaven and an earth is Moses. Okay, 
Moses is the first person. Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Good. But look at the twist Jesus does to this. Jesus says, All authority in heaven and on earth. If you are not careful, you look up and you look down. But look at the next verse. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. Go and make disciples of all nations. That is to say that the authority over the heaven and the earth is an authority to make disciples. Now, the word make disciples, I said the last time, is matitude in the Greek, which means to bring pupils, men. So that means that Jesus' authority over the heaven and the earth is actually the authority over men. That means that if I should stretch this a bit further, um, I've done this in School of Christ. But if I should stretch this a bit further, you are going to see that that it means that Jesus' heaven and earth would no longer be the sky and the soil. But his heaven and earth would be found in men. That is why he says the authority over the heaven and the earth. The authority in the heaven and the earth is the authority to make disciples. That means that his heaven and earth, as he taught from the Old Testament, would not be a sky and a soil. And he said that these men should be trained. Okay, make disciples means to train pupils, bring up pupils, train pupils, bring up pupils. In fact, the shade of that that word is an intern. An intern is someone who is learning a trade, learning a profession. Okay, good. And how is this training supposed to be done? Verse 20 says, teaching them. Therefore, Jesus' mode of training apprentices is via teaching. It's via teaching. What it means is that Jesus expects men to be trained via teaching. For instance, if Jesus is to teach Anna, okay, wants to see Anna, Jesus would first have to teach it. So remember that I said that Nothing should be taken granted for granted in Christendom. That means that every singular practice should be validated by teaching. I don't just come to church and say that, oh, henceforth, you know, we want to use our Sunday services to put on. Um, um, I don't just come and say, for instance, we use our Sunday services to eat. Yes, pastor, I wake up and I say, we've had enough of the word. Now let's eat. I don't just say it. I'll have to explain why I'm saying we should just eat on Sunday. And my explanation should be from the scriptures. And so that is very important. That is very important. I think you can share the live session and invite other people to join. Um, and so that is what we said the last time. So therefore, the Christian life is actually a life that is led according to god's word you see matthew 28 jesus said that teaching them to obey whatever thing i have commanded you that word is enteloma it means to give a strong charge therefore the christian life is not a frivolous life where choose what to do what not to do okay i say it this way maybe it's too hard but that's the truth the christian life is actually a life that is lived in accordance with what God said. A Christian life is not your typical democratic world where I have my rights, I do what I want. No. 
you are subjected to what God says should be done, should not be done. So that is very important. In fact, very important in our, in our age where people want to do whatever they want and you know, find a way of backing it up with the scriptures. Okay? It, it is very important for us to know. Right. So the Christian life is a life by God's standard. By God's standard. Therefore, we can also say that since we are saying that Anna means to place value, to say it, to see it as it is, then we can say that the Christian life is a life of Anna, right? From beginning to end. Because the Christian life is validated by what God sees. And we are saying Anna is to see it as God sees it. So the whole of your Christian life is a life of Anna. From your born again experience, your faith in the gospel is actually a show of Anna for God. God says, believe, you believed, and you are saved. God also has demonstrated that Anna, you know, by um, um, placing value on the, 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 the message, the gospel, and when you believe, you are born again. So that should be noted. Good. Again, look at... Um, Matthew 28. I want to show you something. Matthew 28. Look at verse 20 again. Teaching them. Now, who is Jesus instructing to teach? A man. So, Jesus is living it bodily. And he gives last instructions, so to speak, bodily to men. And he asks the men to teach other men to observe all things that I've commanded you. Okay, I'm reading from Matthew 28, verse 20. And that word says, And lo, I am with you always. Now that word I am is actually a shade, has a shade of it in the Old Testament, you know, rendition of God. Uh, 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 the word I am with you. By the time you look at the the Greek very well, um, it is gotten from the same word in the Hebrew that is Yahweh. So I am is Yahweh. And Yahweh is God's name that is revealed at salvation. You can call Yahweh God's redemptive, God's redemptive name. God's name at redemption is Yahweh. Yahweh. And Jesus says that I am. That redemptive God with you. Okay? So he's saying that I am with you. In fact, when you look at my Bible, I've underlined it and I've written underneath the paraclete. Okay? Alos paracletos. Another of the same kind. It is actually the promise of Jesus with a man. Jesus with a man. So don't forget that the Great Commission starts with men, ends with Jesus with a man. Okay, start with man. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. I explain it to you the heaven and the earth will be man, and it ends with I am with you, God with a man, God with a man, even to the end of age. So that means that even the gospel that we preach, okay, emphasizes the fact that honor should be given to man. <clears throat> Anna should be given to man. The gospel that we are preaching emphasizes that. Look at John chapter 1. John chapter 1, verse 12. John chapter 1, verse 12. You know, we are in a dispensation where people 
insist i know my rights um i know what is best for me you know it's my life it's me how i live it and all of that i mean i've said this over and over again all of that is contrary to scripture you won't find that anywhere in the bible except you write your own bible of course john chapter 1 verse 12 but as many as so let's start from um verse 10 okay um verse 10 he was in the world of course let's read the whole of john chapter 1 i want to show you something <laughs> let's, let's read the whole in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god so right there you have the word which is logos okay a reason an intent a thought talking about god's sovereignty which was in the beginning the beginning means genesis right the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god so at that point <laughs> the word is actually god so wherever you see the word you have god he was in the beginning with god all things are made through him but and without him nothing was made look at verse 4 in him was life and the life of the light of men beautiful why would you position there in him in god and i don't know why i was it in god in the way was life and the life was the light of men as simple as this 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 scripture is this scripture is actually a huge bill out to god and all that must have happened in the old testament because john is telling you that in him was life so if anybody died if anybody killed if anybody took life um god had nothing to do with it hallelujah amen <laughs> you know it's funny when people are praying with the name of jesus and jesus means god who saves and somebody would say in the name of jesus and they have, the next prayer point is for a man to die <laughs> you can't have any contradiction as heavy as that jesus is the name that saves that men would be saved and so jesus's name cannot be used to murder i mean that was just by the way in him was life and the life was the light of men so jesus is life jesus is light god is life god is light and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it the light shined in the darkness and the darkness did not now look at six there was a man sent from god i want you to type a man sent from god <laughs> a man sent from god so you see you may be comfortable with everything we have read in the beginning was the word the word was with god god is the word but john says that there was a man okay a man sent from god a man sent from the one who is the light is the life is um, the light of men the life of men and he sent forth who a man god who is from the beginning sent a man take note of that a man sent from god whose name was john in fact the name john johan in the in the greek actually means grace and so when god wanted to send grace he sent a man johan john 
Now let's read on. This came for a witness to bear witness of the light. Okay, we've already explained the light as God at the beginning. Okay, God at the beginning is life. God at the beginning is light. God at、I'm、the、sure. beginning is the life of man. But that is a, a huge relief because it tells you that God, right from the beginning, right from the word go, has been life, has been light, has not been darkness. That's a huge relief. And He sends a man whose name is John, and this man is a witness to bear a witness to bear witness of the lights that all through Him might believe. Take note. Who is the light? God. God is the light. God is the life. But God sends a man, and John is saying that this man has been sent to testify of the light. That means that John is to testify of who God. That's what. That all through him, through him is John. All. Through John might believe. Are you seeing that in your Bible? All through John might believe. A man sent from God, bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. All through John might believe. That means that at the base of it, you believe God. Through a man, I want you to write that boldly. You can only believe God through a man. You can only believe God through a man. You see, we live in a dispensation where people are comfortable with the supernatural, and yet they are not comfortable with men. Let me tell you why. You know, somebody would say that. I want God to speak to me, and in their mind, what they are expecting is that spectacular thing. <laughs> they go and sleep, and angels will come and sing Hosanna, 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 and one of the angels will get up and say, "Here, my son, <laughs> my only begotten son." You know, and a lot of times that is our expectation of God. And so, I can say confidently that most of the time we miss God. We miss God because in our minds we want to bottle God up and put Him somewhere and get Him to speak to us a certain way. And we oftentimes miss God. Okay, a lot of people expect to see angels, to hear angels before they believe. So people find it easier to believe angels than men. <laughs> of course, they would want the angel, an angel, to speak the gospel even to them, you know, and stuff like that. In that story that Jesus gives concerning the rich man and Lazarus, something happened. I think I taught that in, in, in one of our sessions at School of Christ. When the rich man made a plea to Abraham that send forth Lazarus from the dead. To go and speak to my brothers, my brethren. The response Abraham gives him is, you know, is so interesting. Abraham tells him that your brothers have Moses and the prophets. 
they should hear them. And goes on to say that if they don't hear Moses and the prophets, neither would they hear if a man is sent from, forth from the dead. That means that what Abraham is saying basically is that if you would not honor the man sent from God, even if God comes, <laughs> you miss him. If you don't honor the man sent from God, that is it. You have missed God. That is basically what Abraham is saying. Abraham is saying that even if someone comes from the dead, if they don't, if they don't hear God through Moses and the prophets, forget about you know, the resurrection from the dead. Okay, I think Philip has that scripture, Luke 16:30. God bless you. Good. So, you know, it is interesting that as much as people, you know, respect and honor angels, I believe that angels have a supernatural ministry to believers, and I believe in the ministration of angels. I don't talk down on that. But the vital fact of the scriptures is that as much as they minister, you know. Scriptures are um, filled with ministrations of angels. Sometimes you won't have it written as an angel, but you know we know that it's an angel who who, who does that. For instance, uh, men that are saved from destruction. We know that a lot of times it's angels that go on that assignment. But you know, a third aspect of the scriptures is that no angel the message of salvation. Write it boldly. No angel bore the message of salvation. So right from the Old Testament, Genesis to Malachi, the people who spoke concerning the salvation to come were men. No angel bore the message of salvation. In fact, in the house of Cornelius, <laughs> the angel actually visited Cornelius and pointed Cornelius to Peter. So the best the angel could do was to link Cornelius to Peter. It means that the angel needed Peter, a man, for Cornelius to. No angel preaches the gospel. No angel has ever borne the message of salvation. Look at First Peter one twelve. Are you following me? First Peter one twelve. To whom it was revealed that not to themselves but to us they were ministering. Okay, this is referring to the prophets of old who prophesied concerning the things to come. So to to them it was revealed that not to themselves but while they were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel, those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Look at this. Things which angels desire to look into. So of this great salvation, the angels do what they desire to look into. Let me tell you the meaning of that word. That that phrase actually means that they are stretching their neck to look at it. It's like, you know, when after an examination, the scripts have been marked and yours has been given to you and then you've scored a higher mark, but you are trying to hide it. And as you are covering it, somebody standing behind you is stretching to try and look on the scripture. That is the meaning. So concerning salvation, angels are stretching. They stretch to look at, at, at it, the message of salvation. 
That means that it wasn't delivered to them. <laughs> so the administrations are surrounding salvation, yet the salvation itself was delivered to men. Salvation was given to man. It is a man that gets saved. It is a man that preaches the salvation given to men. Take note of that. And so in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14, the writer of Hebrews calls angels. Look at it. Hebrews 1 14. They, are they not all ministering spirits sent for to minister to those who will inherit salvation? That is man. So the administration is to the man who inherits salvation. Yet they are not permitted to preach salvation. Okay? The administration is to a man. And in fact, they minister to a man because of salvation. <laughs> See, look at it again. Are they not ministering spirits sent forth to minister to those who will inherit salvation? So they are, the center point, the goal of their ministration is salvation. In fact, if they will minister to save a man from dying, for instance, I know angels minister to unbelievers as well. And if they will minister to an unbeliever to spare him his life, they are, they are doing that for the sake that a man would preach the gospel to that man and he will be saved. And so angels have the administration around the work of salvation. Beautiful. Look at verse 7 of Hebrews 1 7. It says that, and to the angels, he says, who makes his angels' spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. And so the administration is like a flame of fire. That means you minister in a glorious fashion. Sometimes、um, you can see if, if God should grant you. Designing of spirit to see an angel. Sometimes you see them huge, huge figures, you know, like twice the size of a human being. Sometimes you see them as little kids.、Um, sometimes you see them, you know, in so many diverse ways. Their shape and their form is to the extent that they can minister to man the air of salvation. So that is very important. Okay. So that means that as glorious as angels may appear, They are still not granted to preach salvation. And God sent a man, John. Let's go back to John 1. Let's go back to John 1. God sent a man. Okay? He was not the light, John 1 8. He was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of the light. Okay? Look at verse 7. He came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him, all through his witness might believe. And so that means that if you miss John as that man sent of God, you will actually miss God. It's as simple as that. Look at verse 10. Verse 10 talking about Jesus himself. He says that he was in the world and the world was through him. And the world did not know him. That is a sad statement. God, the creator of the world, God, the creator of the world, was at a point in time in the world himself. And the world did not know him. Why? You know, the world has a way of knowing things. And so for the world, How they know is basically from the senses. The world would only perceive by the senses 
would only perceive by the sight, by the the hearing, you know, by what they see, by what they hear. And so to a large extent, how they would want to know God is by that. And here is the case that God became a man and the world did not know him. I'm sure, very sure, that while he was on earth, people were still praying to God. People were still praying to God. People were still expecting God for miracles. And yet the man Jesus walked with them. Okay? This is not an account of the Bible, but I'm very sure that in his hometown, there might have been someone who was in dire need of a miracle. And Jesus was around. And yet the person could not reach out to Jesus, the man. Why? Because he was a man. That means that we can easily miss God because he is working through a man. We can easily miss God. I told you yesterday that the greatest hindrance to the ministry of Jesus was because he was a man. Imagine if Imagine if um, God had come in another form, like a, like a wind. Imagine if he had come on a wind, or had come with fire, <laughs> or had come in waters, and the waters would be speaking, I, God, have come. My name is Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm sure the chief priest would have been the first people to believe. <laughs> but he came as a man. It's interesting. Look at John 1:11. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. How did he come? I told you he came as a man. In Romans chapter 1 verse 3, it says that uh, born according to the seed of David. And so they could actually trace the lineage of Jesus and see that, ah, this, this person gave birth to this person, this person gave birth to this person. And you are telling me he is God. You know. He came unto his own. His own received him not. Let's go on. Verse 12, but as many as received him, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God to those who believe his name. And so John qualifies their receiving, their reception to you and calls it a believing. As many as received him, that means as many as believed, he gave them the power to be called the sons of God. Now, this largely sums up Jesus' experience in the four Gospels. He came unto his own, Israel, his own people, they did not believe him. But as many as believed. Now, let me ask you, the people that believed him, did he come for them? The people that received him, did he come for them? 
Are you in the house, somebody? Good. So the people that received him, he came for them. And the people that did not receive him, did he come for them as well? He came for them. In fact, he came for the whole world. Why do you think people believe him? Or, let me see, the people who believe him, did they believe him as an angel or they believe him as God? You don't actually believe him as God. And yet, the same people that did not believe also did not believe him as God. The same point where men believed is the same point where men dishonored Jesus. That means that God can actually come to a fellow. Or God can come to a man. When we are seeing it like this, it's easy for you to see ah, God, the maker of heaven and earth, came to a man and the man did not believe. Then that man is foolish. Oh. <laughs> How can you not believe God? You know, but that is actually what happened. What happened was that God came as a man. And man, you know, that there's this belief in, I mean, there's a way we teach the sovereignty of God that, oh, in accounts in your pen, oh, yeah, he does what he wants. That is true. But you know that. God does not always get what he wants. God does not always get what he wants. And so that, that idea of a God who always gets what he wants is faulty. He doesn't always get what he wants. God has been rejected before. And when he was rejected, he was rejected as a man. Okay. Good. So you know that as a Christian, you know, you can actually do a diagnosis of what happens. For instance, somebody, you know, is uh, praying for healing. We've prayed and the person is not receiving the healing. You know, we Christians are fond of saying, I don't know. I, I say that, that I don't know should not be the common narrative of the Christian. The Christian work is a work of knowledge. So you don't just say, I don't know. How are you going to get it? Say, I don't know. How do you expect God to help you? I don't know. What do you want God to do for you? I don't know. Why are you? I don't know. You see, I don't know. I don't know. Like everything you don't know. The Christian work is a work of knowledge. Okay? It's a work of knowledge. And the Christian is a Christian for the sake of knowledge. So you must know. You should actually be able to do a diagnosis and know what went wrong. Well, so you see, we can actually do a diagnosis of what went wrong with Jesus and the people of his time and say that they did not believe because Jesus was a man. Okay? You can know what went wrong. So I said that God sent a man that all through him, man would believe in God. Therefore, write this down. If you take God's man for granted, you will miss God. If you take 
God's man for granted, you will miss God. Write that down boldly. If you take God's man for granted, you will miss God. You know that this man we are talking about is no other person than John, John the Baptist. The scripture says that he lived in the wilderness. What did he eat? Locusts and wild honey. Not your regular type of man, right? Not your trending kind of man. It's a cake. Colo- very colloquial. <laughs> and yet, he's the man God sent. So, you know, even if John is not your kind of man, he's too ugly. I don't like him. I don't like short men. Too short for my liking. Too short. He's still God man. When it comes to God, you don't put him in a bottle. You don't tell God what he should do. You know, I teach faith. I believe in faith. I mean, I, I, it's, it's, you can't live the Christian work without faith. But a lot of times, people hide behind faith to actually dishonor God. And dishonor what God has said. When we go on, I'll show you what faith is actually is. Faith is not an excuse to dishonor. You see, if God sends a man, okay, and you miss that man, you have missed the man. Irrespective of your faith, you can have faith as huge as, you know, rock of Gibraltar. You have missed the man. It is an account that you have missed that man. You can have all the faith in the world. You have missed the man. So, faith is actually to aid us okay i don't want to get ahead of myself but faith is actually enough for what god has said so if god has said this is the man you should believe and you have missed the man you don't turn your back and say fit you use faith on god eh? you're using faith to <laughs> to corner god <laughs> all right so that should be taking note of now take note that you never get the chance to choose who God should use to bless you. If I if we had that chance, eh, I'm sure you won't even choose your parents. <laughs> Many people will not choose their parents. If they have the chance of choosing who should give birth to them, but you don't have that chance. I'm sure that if Israel had the chance of choosing their savior, I'm, sure, I'm very sure they won't choose that man, Jesus. Because, you know, Jesus belonged to a low class. <laughs> what didn't help him was that he was from a low class, you know, and he was talking that he's the Messiah. And the Messiah is supposed to be a king. And look at you, a carpenter. Carpenter's son. And you call yourself a king. That is why when he was crucified, do you remember the script, inscription on the cross? The king of the Jews. You know, that was sarcasm. <laughs> that was to say that this is the man who calls himself the king of the Jews. Look at him. And so, if they had a chance to choose, they would never have chosen Jesus. Never. Never. That is why, as at now, 
many Jews still don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah. <laughs> Their main issue is because he was a man. <laughs> and a low class man for that matter. So take notes and learn this. You have to be smart. You don't get to choose who God should use to bless you. Not even by faith. You know,、uh, growing up, we have all been taught that、um, with regards to. I'm not doing a marriage seminar. I, I, don't, I don't even envisage myself doing one. <laughs> But you know, we have taught that when praying for a spouse, when you're in the secondary school, you, are, you should keep a list. But I want him tall, I want him short, I want six packs, I want one pack, I want a dimple, I want fair, chocolate. Uh, find you got <laughs> and you give your specifications to God and you are praying in faith that I claim it by faith. <laughs> you are choosing, you are creating your spouse. In fact, you might as well get the son and create a man for yourself. I think that that would be the best, the best thing. So, you know, we have been wired that way traditionally, such that it's difficult for us to receive. What God has for us. Can't you see? Sometimes we go through a whole lengthy process just to accept that this is what God wants for us as human beings, you know, as man. It's because we have been wired, you know, I mean, I mean, growing up, you went to the school, you want,、uh, you eat the food you want, you have everything in life as you want, you know. And so, That is how you, 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 I mean, your relationship with God has always been me, how I want it. I want it this way, you know. And I believe in faith, like I said, I believe in faith. Faith is actually repeating what God has said, okay? Let me help you out. Let me blow you out. Faith is repeating what God has said. It is not saying what you want, but saying what God has said. And so, When you say what you want by virtue of it, to an extent, what you are doing is that you are saying the same thing as God is saying. So, what you want is actually what God wants. And so, who defines faith? It's God. Okay, let me, let me just drop that you know, before we move on so that you don't think that I'm, I'm casting down on your faith and all of that. God is the game changer. you know. And so, you don't get to choose the man that He will use to bless you. He could be. You know, a Man United fan, a red devil, you know, that, that team that, that, that keeps devils. It's the only team I, I pray no believer finds themselves in. You can't be a believer and, and, and be a devil. Hallelujah. Where are my red devils? <laughs> you know, <laughs> can't be a believer and be a devil. The Bible says that we should cast out devils, including Man United. You know. you know, the color of righteousness is blue. Blue is the color of righteousness. What am I doing to myself? Let me move on. <laughs> Good. So, you never get to choose who God should use to bless you. Now, take note that it is as if it is John. Who puts validity on the ministry of Jesus? And so it is John who puts validity. In fact, if John, <laughs> let me say it this way after John preached, okay, 
John is the forerunner preached before Jesus came. And even after that, the men still could not receive Jesus. And John's main agenda was to get man, men, okay, Israel at that time, to receive the ministry of Jesus. Even after John had done that, you see how many people still didn't believe in Jesus. Now, if John had not done that work, I tell you, nobody would have believed Jesus. Nobody. Because John was made for that purpose. I'm going to talk to you about that man for that purpose. Okay? But before that, look at Isaiah 40, verse 3. Concerning the man John. Isaiah 40, verse 3. Are you there? Isaiah 40, verse 3. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make streets in the desert a highway for our God. A man in the wilderness. Okay? A man, a voice of one in the wilderness. And what is that man saying? Prepare the way of the Lord, make streets in the desert a highway for our God. That is John, the ministry of John. Look at Malachi 4. The first day I read this, I was a, I was a bit scared. I was like, wow. Malachi 4. Um, look at verse 5. Behold, I send you Elijah the prophet. Okay, so Elijah the prophet doesn't mean that. Great and dreadful day of the Lord. Why? Look at verse 6. He will turn the. I come and strike the earth with a curse. Now this can be explained, okay? God did not come to strike the earth with a curse. When you read John 3, 16, 17, He came and all who believe will have eternal life. He says that He has not, God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the, the world might be saved through it. Okay? Good. The condemnation is that light has come into the world. Man loved darkness, therefore didn't receive the light. So, just as that, Malachi is trying to say that Man's condemnation is that God has appeared and man has not received God. And because of that, they are condemned. And so that is what Malachi writes as, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. So the curse would not be God's deliberate action, okay, or God's direct action. The curse would be unbelief, okay. The curse would be God's inaction because he has come to save the man who does not believe in that salvation is cursed. Not because God will go and curse him. No. God is the one who would save. If you don't believe him as the savior, then you are damned. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a that. But look at that. Look, read this again. Let's, let's read with that understanding. Verse 5. He will turn who? John the Baptist. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. That means that John's agenda is to get men to believe Jesus. If you take away John the Baptist, it means that Jesus' ministry will not be received. A man. God needed a man <laughs> for his work of redemption to be received. John the Baptist. So, John puts validity on the ministry of Jesus. 
in the same way in Matthew 11 verse 9 we'll come back to Matthew 11 in Matthew 11 verse 9 Jesus also puts the same amount of validity on John's ministry Matthew 11 verse 9 but what did you go out to see a prophet yes I say to you a more than a prophet this is a man who Jesus in describing John calls him a prophet and yet calls him more than a prophet. What it means is that he is the last of his kind. Okay? He is the last of his kind. All the prophets of the Old Testament will prophesy of Jesus even when they have not seen him. But John is a prophet who would see him <laughs> and point him out directly. In fact, John will hold his attire and say, This is he. <laughs> So, John's ministry is a kind of ministry on its own. You know, so assuming you were during his time, it would be very silly for you to say, oh, is he not just a prophet, just like Elijah? Maybe you are privileged to have been in the house of Elijah and then you see John and say, this one is just a prophet, just like my father. (laughs) You see, that would be very um, um, foolish of you because the two of them are prophets but the two of them are not the same. In fact, John carries the mantle of Elijah so to speak but yet John is greater than Elijah. So let me say this. When it comes to the kingdom of God and activities in the kingdom of God, okay, you know, we have this saying that we are all the same. There is no one greater. It is true, but not true. When we talk about he who is greater in the kingdom, it is not he who is bigger or he who is, uh, 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 um, let's say, more, more, you know, um, more bigger. I mean, the, the, our idea of greater is like someone who is huge, has subordinates, you know, plenty subordinate. No, the idea of greater in the kingdom of God is actually the one who ministers effectively, or the one who ministers the way God wants him to. <laughs> so when Jesus calls um, 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 John a greater of the prophet, what he's trying to say is that among all the prophets, it's as if to say. All the prophets are pointing to John who would point to Jesus. <laughs> He's trying to say that all the work of the prophets would need to be validated by John. He's the last of their kind and he's their first of... He, so John is like the last of the Old Testament prophets and yet the first of the New Testament prophets. He's the first person who would point that this is the Messiah. And so... John's ministry is specific. John's ministry is specific. Let's look at how John testifies of Jesus. John 3.26 Today we are doing John, eh? I don't even know how we got here. John 3.26 Are you there? And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you beyond the Jordan to whom you have testified, behold, he is baptizing, and all are coming to him. John answered and said, A man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him 
you yourselves bear me witness that I said I'm not the Christ, but I've been sent before him. Okay, so John testifies that Jesus is the Christ. Are you with me? Look at John 1 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is like John saying, Behold, oh, this is the proper Lamb. <laughs> All that Moses told you to do was pointing to this guy. That's what John is saying. Look at Matthew 3 16 to 17. To 17. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm, 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 I'm pleased. Good. Look at um, Matthew 3, verse 14. John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. You are coming to me. But Jesus answered to him, Permit it to be so. And so, this is a man who hugely recommended Jesus as the promised Messiah. But something interesting happened. Now, in Matthew 11, I think we will come back to Matthew 11. I'm sure that John himself, who had shown Jesus as the Messiah, still did not understand what Jesus would do. Because Jesus is the Messiah, the King. Okay? The King. They just like you know, you have somebody who is uh, very muscular in your camp. Or you have a soldier as a brother. You know when you have a soldier as a brother, sometimes you are tempted to misbehave. You know when you misbehave <laughs> and people want to beat you, you call your brother and your brother will show up and say, hey, and they'll run away. You know, I'm sure that happened to John. It's not in the Bible, I'm saying it. So John, after saying that Jesus is the Messiah, Jesus is the Messiah, actually thought of him as a political Messiah, someone who will fight and defeat the Romans. <laughs> so John wanted to test it some more. So John went to, you know, I realized it was the setting of my phone and my neighbor. Let's be praying, let's be praying, let's be praying.
Hello? Can you hear me? Amen. All right. All right. I think I'm back. I was talking about John. John was put into prison. Let me let me hurry up. John was put into prison. John heard what Jesus was doing. He heard he was doing a lot of miracles. I'm sure John must have said to himself, Ah, if you are doing miracles, can't you do miracle for me too? You know, so he sent his disciples. And then he said to him, verse 3, John Matthew 11, verse 3. Are you the coming one or do we look for another? Take note, this is a man who had already said that this is the Messiah. And he's asking, are you the coming one or we should look for another? You know. Now, you realize that this was an opportunity for Jesus to blast John. And say, you man of unbelief. Why did you doubt? But look at John, look at, look at, look at Jesus' response. Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things which you hear and see. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the deaf are raised, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. The poor have the gospel preached to them. Now, when the messengers had left and gone, you know, Jesus could have said, Look at him. I thought he knew me, but he didn't know me. You see, see how he's getting himself into trouble but look at what jesus says very instructive as they departed behind john's back what did jesus say what did you go out into the wilderness to see a reed shaken by the wind or what did you go out to see a man clothed in soft garments indeed those who wear soft clothing are in kings Houses. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I say to you, a more than prophet. And so Jesus also validates the ministry of John back to back. John validates Jesus, Jesus validates John. Do you know why? If Jesus talks down on John, Jesus talks down on himself. Where am I driving at? There are men such as that. There are men that they validate us. In fact, they make us who we are. There are men like that. All men are not the same. They are men. But there are also men that it appears that our ministry is hinged on. They are such men. And if we talk down on such men, we actually talk down on our ministry, the call of God on our lives. There are men like that. So you see what Jesus did? Jesus validates John. Because if Jesus talks down on John, John is the one. I told you that John is the one who is preparing the way. John is the one who is giving the account. And so if Jesus talks down on John, it means that everything that John has said goes down to the dream. Do you, do you realize it? And so there are men like that that come into our lives, come into our ministry. We should learn to... Yesterday I gave you the code of Anna. What did I say? The first thing is to recognize. Recognize such a one, such a one. 
a second thing is to renew your mind. When you have known that this is the man you have recognized, quickly renew your mind. Train your mind. Otherwise, you will miss God. Okay? <laughs> Otherwise, you will miss God. If Jesus invalidates John, he invalidates himself. See, hear me. God has always used men. God has always used men. I prepared something to share yesterday. Because of time, I couldn't share it. Let me quickly go back and tell you that. So, God has always used men. Okay? He used a man to save Jesus. He used a man to save. He used a man to preach. <laughs> the gospel is preached by a man. In fact, at the right hand of God right now is a man. The man Jesus. <laughs> it's not an angel, it's a man. At the right hand of God right now is a man Jesus. The man Jesus is sitting. So God has always used men. Ephesians 4 11. Ephesians 4.11 And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry. So this is basically the ongoing work of Jesus. Now in that ongoing work of Jesus, he is using man. And so Ephesians says that he gave gifts unto men. In fact, that's um, uh, that phrase is actually he gave gifts as men he gave gifts as men so we can see that God's gifts are in men if God wants to help a man he sends a man God's gifts at sea train your mind from now to see God like that okay to see God as that God's gifts are in men if God wants to help a man, he sends a man. God has committed his entire plan and purpose to men. So I, I, I say it this way, that God's greatest treasures are in human vessels. God's greatest treasures are in human vessels. And these human vessels don't come shining in gold but they come shining in jars of clay god's greatest treasures are in human vessels and they the human vessels don't come shining in gold but in jars of clay in fact the human vessels come with um hindrances or let me say shortcomings humanly speaking shortcomings and yet they have the treasure of God in them 2nd Corinthians 4 7 says that remember Jesus came unto his own as a man and yet his own could not receive him his own received him not the word became a man. You remember? That means that God is a man. We have a song that says that 
Uh, you are not a man. You are not a man. He's a man. Yeah. Understand that song is actually meaning that he's not a man to lie. Okay. He's not a man if he lies. He's not a man to fail. But actually, God is a man. <laughs> And so, all the help we can receive from God, we can receive through the man he sent, the man he sent. Look at John 1 18. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten. He has declared. The only begotten in the bosom of the Father. He has declared him. That word declared in the Greek is exegomai. It means to explain. It takes a man to know God. It is Jesus' humanity that explains divinity. Jesus' humanity explains God. Are you following me? So it means that the foundation of the ministry gifts that God would send, okay, for God's precious gifts need not to be spectacular. Hear me. God's precious gifts don't need to be spectacular. God's gift to you could be your father. The man you don't want to see eyeball to eyeball with. He could be God's gift to you. Your mother. Your friend. Your pastor. Your ex. He could be God's gift to you. And yet you could miss God. In 1 Corinthians 1 24. Paul writes that the redemption story is actually foolishness. It is foolishness because it is scandalous. It is a scandal because it involves a man. They call it a scandal, a man. If God had come, like I said, in a wind, men would have believed him. So, right, is that God's dealing with you will be through men. Even his personal dealings. So, God's personal dealings with you will be through men. So, at the end of the day, you are going to realize that actually, you don't have any personal dealings with God. <laughs> I've said this that that idea of God speak to me personally is a wax. <laughs> it has never happened. Hmm. When I say it like this, people come for me. That idea of independence, oh, I want to hear God for myself. You know, someone says that,、uh, do this, do this, do this, do this. Your pastor says, do this, do this. No, I want to hear God. You want to hear God? Oh, yeah, go and hear God. <laughs> Pastor says, Come for prayers, come for fasting. They say, No, I want to hear God for myself. God's dealing with you is through men. If you miss the men, you miss God. It's as simple as that. That personal, I, I don't have a personal dealing, I have a personal relationship, I have a personal covenant. It's a wax. <laughs> Look at your life very well. What you call a personal covenant, personal relationship with God, a lot of times, 
that covenant, that 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 ministration is ministered through a man. <laughs> See, as a matter of fact, I have things that God has told me personally, personal things, personal things. But by the time I sit down and I analyze them one by one, I had those leadings through a man. <laughs> For instance, at a very tender age, I I I I literally saw. Jesus speak to me in a vision. <laughs> I just saw Jesus speak to me in a vision, told me a, a couple of things. I'm not going to share that with you. That's for me. That's personal, okay? But do you know that I saw that vision after I had listened to a man, I had listened to Apostle Michael Kobnoin uh, to me. I've listened to his interview. I've watched that. I remember that so well. It was on TV3. A program called as the servant of god i watch him i listen to him his experience in liberia and after that something boiled up in my heart and i prayed to god asked god you know one or two questions and i saw god literally come to me minister to me i was very young in fact if i tell you the things he said to me back then when i when i shared it with my 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 parents I mean they they never believed it but it's fine over the years i've had that confirmed and reconfirmed so many times and it is because i watched a man so like i've said to you take an account of your life those things you call personal dealings personal relationships it's a man who ministered those things to you and so paul will tell most and um, paul will tell timothy that um uh, do not neglect the gift that is in you by the laying on of my hands. It's not personal. <laughs> Paul laid hands on Timothy. Timothy received that gift. And so you can see for every gift that you minister in, you you minister in so well, you will trace it to a man. Okay? There are things we say eh, you can doubt on, on the surface. But by the time you take your time to analyze, you realize it's true. The gift in you that you are using, you trace it to a man. You never re- no, I see. Nobody slept and woke up and received the gift from God. <laughs> you were in a meeting, you watched the program, a man laid hands on you. It means that if you are not going for that meeting, if you are not with that program, if you are not seen that man, if you are not honored that man, you will never have received it. Therefore, if you miss what God is saying to you through a man, you have missed God. The way I'm going, I wish I could get the chance to actually teach you what to do when you have realized you have missed God. Because it appears a lot of people have missed God. <laughs> people have missed God in the name of faith. See, in the name of faith, they have really missed God. I, I believe, I believe, I believe, and yet they have missed God. They are actually sitting in disobedience and yet in their hearts saying, I believe, I believe, they are actually disobedient. Go back and listen to that man. So, you cannot determine how God will speak to you. You don't. I told you that you don't put God in a box. I interact with a lot of believers most of them are my friends and when when you ask every believer the average believer how does god minister you the first thing you see is out of me he speaks to me through dreams and so when situations arise the first thing they want to do is to sleep 
so that God will minister to them in dreams. <laughs> now, you bear witness with me that a lot of times, a lot of times, it happens to me a lot of times, quite a lot of times. I can't, I can't count the number of times. When I'm expecting God to minister in this direction, He doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't. I want God to minister to me in a spectacular way through dreams. It doesn't. Sometimes all I have is the written word. <laughs> Sometimes all I have is a song in my heart. I remember very well when I was getting ready for my postings, I had this burden, huge burden on my heart. I didn't know what it was, but I knew within me that it was God willing to meet me. I mean, minister something to me. I shared it with a, um, a dear friend of mine. Um, if if uh, a dear friend of mine, I shared with, 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 with her at that time that I had this burden on my heart. I just couldn't tell what it was. I prayed, I fasted, prayed, fasted, prayed, fasted. See, at the end of my fast, my prayer and all of that, the only thing I had, the only voice I heard from God. Okay, I'm somebody that I've had God speak to me in visions, in trances, and in so many ways. The only thing I had from God was a song. And the lyrics of the song was that every mountain shall be brought low before you and every hill shall become level. It's actually a, a Church of Pentecost theme song. It was just a song. I woke up with that song. And that was my answer. In as much as I wanted God to come and literally tell to me, tell me that Joshua, the reason why I put this burden is because this and this and this is going to happen to you. So do this and this. I didn't get it. You don't get to the 10 minutes. Sometimes I've gone to God in prayers and the answers I've had is true men. <laughs> I remember there was this day that I woke up and then I just burst into a fellowship with God, praying in the Holy Ghost, singing songs, singing songs, praying, 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 praying. I mean, I, I, I was charged up in my spirit. I was going to work. I opened my door, stepped out. When I stepped out, the first man I saw, it looked like he was a madman. I don't know if he was mad. But when I stepped out, this man was just coming. I don't know him. I've never seen him before. The first thing he said was that, see that man. They are taking him somewhere. And then he said something else. I won't tell you. And that's for me. They're taking him somewhere. And he said it. And when he said it, I laughed. And he said, he's laughing. And the man said, he's laughing. If you say amen, I laughed again. Then the man turned and said, ah, he already knows. Then he left. <laughs> as simple as that was, that was a huge confirmation for me. Do you know that as at now, there are times that I pray to God based on, you know, Paul says that, you know, um, um, consider the prophecies that have gone on ahead of you. Okay, so I do that a lot. Sometimes I pray based on the prophecies that have gone on ahead of me. I have them. If, I, if you pick my diary, I've, lifted, I've listed them. I still capture that man because that man, even if he was mad, I don't know him. I've never seen him before confirmed what God has consistently been saying. He's a man. <laughs> he could be mad. But that was the man God used at that moment. The answer to my fellow, and you know, in that mood, I, I ministered a lot in tongues, okay? I, I spoke a lot in tongues. Well, I mean, that day, I, I, I spoke a lot in tongues, worshiped God from my heart, ministered a lot in tongues. And Paul says that he who speaketh in an unknown tongue that's what 
speaketh mysteries unto God. So I believe that in my ministration, what I was doing was I was speaking mysteries. Who knows? Through the speaking of tongues, I might have told God that confirm this for me. And I never knew. And when I stepped out of that room, the first person I met was a man. Let me call him a madman. And he carried the answer to my, <laughs> my tongue speaking. So imagine if I had missed it. Okay, imagine if I had not had anything. Okay, it appeared that this, 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 this scenario doesn't really fit because it appears that, well, God had already said similar things to me. It was just a confirmation. But imagine that was the first time. And I missed that man. Okay, so that means that we need to pay attention to the men that minister because that is actually how God is going to minister to us. You can't determine how God would speak to you, can only determine how you will receive. How you will receive is what you can determine. You can't determine how God should minister to you. Now, people go to the mountains a lot of times to pray. And yet the person with the help is right in their room. <laughs> right in their room. Okay. People go to the mountains, pray 40 days, 50 days. It's good to go, go to the mountains. Oh, having said don't go. It's good to go. But they come down and the answer is with a man. And they will meet that man. And that man is an ex. <laughs> That man is a short man. He don't like short people, and they will miss God right in their room. You know, I have this colleague who we live in the same house actually. She, you know, I've been seeing her. There was one day I, I met her. She was going somewhere. I said, "Where are you going?" She said, "I'm going to meet a prophet." I said, "Ah, I'm going to meet a prophet." I said it jokingly. I said, "You're going to meet a prophet, and you have me here." And she was laughing. She said, "Oh, God, you, you like joking too much." I said, "Okay, I let her go." So one day. My friend and I were together with her. And my friend gave her a word of knowledge. <laughs> and just there. And she said, how did you know? Then both of us started laughing. We were laughing and said, ah, what do you take us for? You know. So we're there and then in that same place, we're, we're actually together in my friend's sitting room. And so she goes off and she slept. And we're there, we're talking about something. And then all of a sudden, she woke up from her, and it was a trance or a vision. She just saw something. She saw an evil spirit coming to take her. And then in the dream, she she was showing the person to her, look, 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 this person. And then we, we appeared in the scene. And we were laughing at her, you know. So for this person, she had actually lived with us and still could not receive from us because of familiarity. So take note, familiarity could be an advantage and yet could be a disadvantage depending on you. Remember the code, first recognize and renew your mind. It means that God has sent a man to you. The man could be so familiar with you. See, it happens a lot. People minister the healing grace a lot of times and yet people close to them never get healed when they pray for them. It happens a lot. It is because the people close to them only see that man as a brother, as a friend, as a husband. 
people outside receive that man and honor that man as a man with the spirit of God. And that is the difference. So watch familiarity. It could be an advantage. You know it could be an advantage. Okay. I was talking with a dear friend just a few days ago. We were talking around a lot of things. I think we were talking about marriage. Then I asked the rhetoric person that Charlie, who would not want to get married to Apostle Professor Pokunina? And yeah, she laughed and said, Yes, so yes, me who will see Opokunina and say, I don't want Opokunina. You know, we are saying this now because Opokunina is Opokunina. <laughs> but Opokunina back then could actually be dishonored. So familiarity could dishonor, and yet that same familiarity would honor. Depending on the person in question. Okay, the person in question, how he recognizes the grace of God upon the person's life and how he quickly renews his mind. That is very important. You know, we have taught the idea of man seeking God. Do you know that? Seek God, seek God, seek God, seek God. Seek God. I mean, don't go to man. Just go to God. Seek God. That is interesting. But do you know that in the redemption story, it is actually God who came seeking for man. And when he came, how did he come? He came as a man. That means that we may have to rework that idea of we seeking God, seeking the face of God, seeking God. Rework it around man. Because eventually, God would come to us through a man. We may not have to seek him, or we may seek him, and yet when he responds to our quest, the quest of our hearts, he will come in a man. He came to his own, but his own received him not. He came as an answer to his own, but his own received seed him not in fact in Matthew 25 the story about the ten virgins you see we have told that story as the rapture it's not the rapture it is actually the predicament that befell Israel Israel had waited for ages for the Messiah Messiah they had waited for ages and when he eventually came they slept off they slept off and they could not they could not see the Messiah. Why? He was a man. Because they had a mindset of how God should come. Sometimes it is our mindset, it is in our mindset that this Anna starts from. It is your mindset, how you think that leads you to this Anna. <clears throat> like you have prayed, you have prayed, you have prayed, you have prayed, you have prayed. And yet, when God sends the answer through a man, your mindset of that man is that, ah, no, this cannot be from God. For instance, you know, if I ask you how much do you want me to give you, I mean, as in money, your answer is actually a reflection of how you see me. If you see me as a pauper, you say, oh, five CDs is okay. And five CDs would be good. 
And yet, I'm a millionaire. <laughs> you meet a man in the s a l o n say, What can I do for you? He s a y Come again, excuse me. <laughs> excuse me, sir. <laughs> See him in a tattered clothes. Excuse me, sir. And you know, this man goes away. And then you turn and then you see, maybe on your phone,、uh, Facebook、uh, posts, and then you see his picture and say, Ah, this is the richest one. Ah, and I missed him. <laughs> Actually, I missed him because of your mindset. Okay? So take note, you can't worship God based on what you want. I've said that already. You can't worship God based on what you want. When God chooses to use people, And you realize it, shut up, get in line. <laughs> Because no matter what you do, that is the man God will use. There's this thing about God、eh? <laughs> that is very serious. God would use a man, men will miss that man. And you think that God would want to change his perception and say, Let me be lenient. God will still stick with the man. Look at Jesus. He came, they received him, not you would have thought, Oh, since this is not working, let me change. God still stuck with Jesus. After now, he still sticks with Jesus. Any man who will go to hell will go to hell because he did not believe in the man Jesus. So God sticks with man. Therefore, the problem would not be. The man, which man God would use. The problem is with how we would receive that man that God sends. He came unto his own, yet his own did not receive him. When you realize God's choice, forget every other thing. It is very silly for a man to say that I know this is God speaking, but it is very silly. When you have noticed God speaking, no need for but. What you do is that you embrace it wholly. When you have heard God speak, you don't ask questions. But can't you? But is he the only? Look at Naaman. I was sent to the prophet Elisha. And what was Elisha's command? Go and bath in Jordan. Jordan. Rich man. Jordan. And you know, in Jordan, all kinds of people bath there. <laughs> circumcised, uncircumcised. Dirty, clean. Go and bath in Jordan. But when he obeyed, When he believed that word from that man, that was when he got healed. Imagine if he had not believed that word, he would have lived with that leprosy the rest of his life. And it's not because God is wicked, though. God sticks with men. <laughs> he came unto his own, his own did not receive. So I said that. Anna, you know, faith could not be used to buggle your way through Anna. This one, dear man, God will send me another person. I believe in my heart. He sent a man. He still sent a man. Therefore, Anna would be called our faith in action. 
So Anna and faith, see, you cannot have faith without Anna. No. Faith in Christ is actually Anna for the work of Christ. So you can't excuse yourself out of Anna with faith. Okay? You can't excuse your way out of Anna with faith. Anna is actually faith in action. You can't have faith and this Anna together. No. Where there is a dishonor, there is unbelief. Where there is unbelief, there is dishonor. Where there is faith, there is honor. Faith is actually placing premium on what God has said. Now, do you know that Israel, the people of Israel, were literally offended because Jesus is God's choice? That is how come people get offended. There are people, eh? They get offended not because you do wrong. There are people who get offended just because this guy is too new. Ah, is he the only one who understands Bible? <laughs> I think I had someone say that to me somewhere. This is it. Ah, but you do you know everything. You are too new. <laughs> people get jittery around us because it appears everything you say, you quote Bible, we explain Bible to you, say you are too new. <laughs> so sometimes we, we are offended because. Not because the people that are in question are bad per se, because the person is God's choice. And you see, God's choice is God's choice. So let me say this that for every purpose of God, there is a man to execute it. <laughs> There's a man to execute it all. And so the grace of God comes with specificity specifics there are things that God will want me to do he will not want Mr. Douglas to do there are things that are exclusively for Mr. Douglas to do God will not have me do that is how God has it and so see you can fight and fight and kill over it it won't change anything see I've had to you talk to people uh, a lot of them a lot of them are young people i'm also a young man don't be deceived i'm a very young man very young young man but i'm not an old man <laughs> i told you yesterday i'm not saying i'm not an <clears throat> old man you know young people like myself of course always would want to seek the face of god a lot of times when it comes with marriage who to marry who not to marry okay that's always the case. And when you have people doing fasting and prayers, they are starving themselves and they are getting ulcer. It's just because they want to know. See, a lot of times, they've actually picked one guy. God, can you confirm him for me? <laughs> yeah, interesting people. <laughs> you pick our church and say, go, go, go. And eventually, go say, no, it's not that one. You say, oh God, why can't you change him for me? You can do all things. Why wouldn't you allow him to say, then you would pick, I mean, that's not my stance on marriage and all of that. Okay, I believe that when when it comes to marriage, praying for who to marry, who not to marry, I say this: there's a general rule, and there are uh, exceptional rules. Okay, that's how God deals with it. The general rule is that you can pick uh, any believing um, brother or sister. Okay, okay, but you don't, you know, you don't forego praying. So I say this that for us as believers we pray over everything. The food we eat, the wife we marry, 
the kids we we give birth to, so we pray for everything. So as you have passed the person through the tests, a good person, I mean, in, in fellowship with the local church, good person, all of that, you still pray. You know, I mean, that's what I'll say generally. But you see, there are specific or there are spectacular ones. And they are real. Okay. I believe my time is almost getting to a close. I will wrap up very soon. They are spectacular ones. So, see, hear me. There are times God would have you marry a specific person. I mean, it's not all times, but there are times. And when He does that, do you know that He's not doing that because of you? He's not doing that because of you. If I, when he's doing that, he doesn't even have you in mind. Though. Why God does that is because of his purpose on earth. That is essentially the salvation of men. And so because of that, God sometimes would want two people to come into an association because of his purpose. I believe that myself and Senior Douglas met at Prempe College for a purpose. <laughs> for a purpose, we met for a purpose. Maybe that at that time I didn't even know the purpose. But now I won't even say now that I know the purpose fully, but I know it's for a purpose. So that means that God would want Kofi to get married to Ama, not because Kofi and Ama are nice or beautiful. It's for his purpose. Okay. I'll share the account of my pastor, uh, my current district minister. I'll share because they have shared it. So I, I'm, I'm at liberty to share. They use it to encourage young people. So I'll use that example. And so my, my, Osof Mami says that at the time when, um, she was young, she, she usually prayed about her marriage, all of that. But what I picked from her submission was that there was a day that she was actually praying for another person with regards to marriage. And while praying, in a vision, she saw her husband now. Okay? And at that time, they were not even friends. They were not even close. In fact, they had not even come close in, at any point in time. Take notes. Don't don't get overwhelmed by what she saw. Take note of what she was doing. She was in a ministry, pursuing the ministry. The ministry was she was praying for another person, and it's like God, boom, says this is he. She wasn't expecting. God says this is the one. He said that it so happened that actually. Um, her current husband, that is Osofo, brought another guy, you know, and Osofo was saying that, uh, wouldn't you consider this person? Because I think this person would be good for you. Interesting. And this woman of God said, no, I know my husband. He's not the one. <laughs> and so time elapsed and Osofo eventually came back. And while Osofo came, Osofo was saying that, I've prayed to God. And God has also ministered to me that you are the one. As of my is saying, forget it. 
I know it long ago. You know, you clap, you say, wow, 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 wow. But you miss the moral. Still be praying, still be praying in the spirit, still be praying in the spirit wherever you are. Still be praying in the spirit. Come on, lift up your voice and pray. That may the Lord help you. The Lord expose your heart. Lift up your voice and be praying. Be praying. please be praying be praying a lot of things are happening a lot of things are happening i see the lord ministering to a lot of people people's hearts are being exposed some of you a lot of things god is giving you a new mindset god is exposing certain points you missed certain human beings you took for granted where a lot of things are happening i see the spirit of god ministering so strongly open your heart and be praying God has actually destined that person for you. Hallelujah. God bless you. 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 We can continue this some other time. Over to you, sir.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody shout glory to Jesus. 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 Oh, are you happy? Are you blessed? Is somebody blessed? Is somebody blessed? God bless you so much for coming out. I want us to use one, two minutes to make a prayer. And when, when the ministration was going, the Lord was ministering a lot of things to me and I was receiving a lot of stuff. And um, it's so powerful and it's so glorious. And um, I know people have been blessed. I know people have been blessed. I know that you have received a lot in this season. You have received a lot in this season. I know you have received a lot. And I believe God is doing something great in somebody's life. I want you to make a prayer to God sincerely. Sincerely. I want you to be very sincere to yourself. This is not the time to fake. This is not the time to cover up. This is not the time to... I want you to be very sincere to yourself. Out of your sincerity, out of your heart, I want you to make a very genuine prayer to God. That Father said, have, you said, recognize and renew. <laughs> you are telling God that Father, if there have been a point where I failed, I've dishonored. The last time he said, as soon as you find it, go back to the person. You don't say, I'm sorry to God. You, you say it to the person. Because you didn't do objectively you dishonored God however it was to a man are we in church are we in church now let me ask you a question at salvation who do you confess to be saved at salvation who do you confess to be saved God or Jesus talk to me talk to me at salvation who do you confess to be saved the man Jesus or God you confess to the man Jesus so there are certain things that you see sometimes we we try to we try to hide under the shadow of faith and we 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 are thrown out and i told you that in this season one of the things that the ministry is called to do is bring out it's a call into genuineness is to expose the lies and deceptions and fakeness of life and bring about the realities of life if you follow our, if you follow our messages critically, you see that <coughs> most of our, most of our messages are in that line. The concept of prayer, the concept of preaching the word, and everything. <coughs> so you are making a prayer to God. I want you to be very sincere. You are you are talking to God, our Father. Here I missed it. Here I missed it. Because I don't know, as the ministry was going on, a lot of things were happening to me. I want you to make a sincere to God. God, help me out. And I want you to understand something. That God will not change his mind concerning a man because of you. God will not change his mind concerning a man he has sent because of you. Whether you receive or whether you, no, no, your idea about the man does not change the mindset of God concerning that man. The, your idea concerning the saint man 
does not change God's mind and God's decision about the sent man to you. Something very serious. So, if no matter what you do, no matter how the Israelites despise Jesus, even now, even after the rapture, in the days of the tribulation and all those things, the, the Jews will still accept Christ in order to be saved. No matter, no matter what, though they will be, no matter the struggles of life, let me tell you, no matter the struggles of life, no matter how round, round, round you go, no matter how things you go, there are certain people that no matter what you think about them, God will not change his mind concerning them. You will still need to confess them. You still need to meet them. You still need to listen to them. You still need to obey the same thing they told you that you disobeyed. You still need that word they spoke to you that you dishonored in order to cross, in order to see that encounter. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. You see that somebody who said that I want to encounter God for myself. Any encounter with God for yourself is true, man. <laughs> The man. I remember one day I was teaching on the Trinity, and I taught by the grace of God. And as I was teaching, I go to a point. I was, I was so, I was afraid to make that point, but I made it. Those on the page were surprised. I said, "No matter what, the Trinity is a man now. The man Christ. <laughs> oh Jesus, God the Father. The, 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 the <clears throat> oh Jesus, the subject of a man." Let me leave it. You are making one prayer. Sincerely, within one minute, you are telling God, Father, help my heart in this season. Uh, help my heart in this season. The, so, so now you understand why the angels ask the question, What is man that you are so mindful of? What is man at all? It appears like God, you are, it's like you being God is because of a man. It's like when we take man from your your deity, your deity is not complete. <laughs> it's like it's like there's something wrong. There's something wrong with your state of being God if man is not part. What at all? 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 The help of God is man. The answer of God is man. The revelation of God is man. The encounter of God is man. Anything, the power of God is man. The wisdom of God is man. The righteousness of God is man. Everything about God is man. In fact, the omnipresence of God is man. The omniscience of God is man. The omnipotence of God is man. In fact, the 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 of God. The, the self-existing God is even a man. Talk to God. Talk to God. You need a discerning heart. You need a heart. Father, give me heart to recognize. There are some people who are moving circles in their education because of a man. 
there are people who are, who are living in a rotational life you are praying that god let me move forward why can't i move forward in education and it's you know and sometimes it's very sad if you happen to be the person that you know like it's like like john john was aware of his ministry assuming jesus christ has said that i will not recognize john jesus christ would have been in vain assuming john has also said the same thing something would have happened and sometimes very sad it's very sad where like you know that you are the answer to the person's academic breakthrough and the person despises you like you are watching it like it's like you are watching the person you are the person is suffering but you can't do anything you are just watching and you are handing over that breakthrough to another person and you know that no matter what happened even after thousand years time the person will still come back to your feet but the problem is the funny thing is will you be there because the man you have to also understand one thing the lord is ministering to me right now the man that is also sent to you is also limited by time so it means that the person will not be there forever to wait for your dishonoring attitude to wait for your oh jesus the person will not be there the person will not be there for that 20 years of your life the person will be there for the 10 years of your life maybe the next day the person will die that means whatever thing you are supposed to receive is gone is gone is gone is gone is gone is gone and it's gone 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 so ask yourself how many people have died how many people have you seen left and died that they have sent a particular breakthrough that you carried? Oh, shalalabadadaba. Maybe some of you on the line, you are crying that God send another man, like Lazarus is saying, like the rich man was saying. God send another man. He said, No, 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 no. The same man that that they despise that's the, the same man that you despise that's the same man i've already sent maybe some of you are crying that god send me another man god of second chance god of third chance god of 20 times god of all the chances that we know send me another man like the rich man some of us are calling from the the, uh, the torment of our, our souls from the torment of our life we are calling we are shouting god send help send me another chance and god still keep mentioning the same name god still keep pointing to the same people send me i'm tormenting send me send, send me i'm in torment is there not a way out god said nah the same moses the same prophet that you dishonored as the same people that if they do not honor they will come to the same place you find yourself so it's, it's very funny that sometimes a whole family will be drained into a particular pit of trouble a particular state of life because the whole family decided to dishonor that's why you have to be very careful i remember the last time i posted on the page that's why you have to be very careful the fact that somebody dishonors somebody doesn't mean you also have to dishonor the person. The fact that somebody 
dislike somebody doesn't mean you're also supposed to dislike the person. The fact that somebody, that's why I said that somebody's enemy is not your enemy. Don't try to make somebody's enemy your enemy. Oh, Jesus. Some of you, your mother is, is angry with somebody and you two are so angry. Just like, for you, you are genealogy of lineage, your fa- family history. Your father is angry with the person, your mother, yes, you go to a whole house and the whole house is angry at the person. Be wise, for all you know, for all you know, for all you know. Said, if you don't send a man from the dead, all of them, I know them, my whole family is coming to this pit I find myself in. God said that the same people you dishonored, those are the same people I still stand by them. If they do not honor them, they will come to where you are. So it is possible that the same nature of people that your mother dishonored to have troubles in education, to have troubles in marriage, to have troubles in finances, that's the same people you're also dishonoring. And let me tell you, you are also going to find them. And where you are, your children also follow. Can't God change his mind? No, he will stand. God will stand by his word. God will stand by the people that he has placed his honor on. His honor on. I pray the Lord will speak to your heart. I pray you spend time in prayer. In Jesus' name, Amen. God bless you so much for being with us. Um, This is Freedom Family Podcast. And I believe God is blessing you. Hallelujah. My name is Mr. Douglas Okanye The Lord bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you.